Fast Money starts right now, live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lee. Your traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Brian Kelly, Steve Grosso, and Guy Adami. Tonight on Fast, we are all over the big earnings reports after hours. Facebook, the big kahuna, obviously, but we're also watching Electronic Arts, MGM Resorts, eBay, and Amgen. And Julia Borson is all over that conference call with CEO Mark Zuckerberg. The earnings call is just beginning. We'll check back with her in just a few moments. But first, we start off with a market rally and stocks fighting back, at least for today. The Dow jumping nearly 400 points, surging into the close. The S&P 500 climbing out of correction territory. Is this just another head fake? Or maybe this rally is for real. Guy, what do you say? Well, it's for real today, but I think it's another <laughs> head fake if you want me to answer your question, well, which I'm sure you do. Answer. Because it is an honest answer. It first is. For I'm everything, honest, guys. Huh? There's a first for everything. No, I'm all, no, 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 that's not true. I'm a, come on, Tim. You know that. You're right. I'm an honest always, person. No, but you always answer the question. The question is. No, no, I, I, sometimes I dance around the question, but I wind up answering anyway, it. Anyway, you're dancing now, so. I think it's a head <laughs> fake. Listen, if you, if you can, if the S&P can maybe recapture 2710, which is 30 handles or so, and close above that for a couple of days, we'll have a different conversation. But I think this is a head fake and a move that's going to continue to go lower. I believe now with the percent and a half today, I think there's another four and a half percent to the downside. Mm. The VIX, in my opinion, if we really had a true move, the VIX should have closed closer to 20 than 23 and a half. I think that's a bit of a tell. So, yeah, it was an impressive day. I think it's a head fake. I'm going to start off with it was a head fake, and, and you like to call these things. It was an inside day today. How about a Fugazi? Oh, how about yeah. a Fugazi? I don't know if that's legal. Right. There was no, there, we stayed within yesterday's high and low, which means that we're basically on trend. Market's still confused. No resolution. I would look for more resolution as the week progresses. That's what makes Apple even more important. Yeah. yeah, I'd feel more comfortable if we had a big, big washout day. I know we've had some big down days, but it hasn't felt like we've had that capitulation yet. The only thing I can say about today is about 11 a.m., it looked like we were going to start to fall off a cliff. The market picked itself back up, so that's a change in behavior. Whether or not it follows through to tomorrow or not, I think is a 50-50 shot. The other problem you have here is global growth is slowing. The numbers we saw from Europe today were not great. We saw Amazon. We saw Netflix succession lows at just around that time, but the market seemed to shrug that off. But, you know, yesterday we were sitting here talking about what drove the markets lower into the close, and that was this that notion headline. that perhaps there would be additional tariffs on the remaining imports right. from China. And then Trump did this interview on Fox last night saying a great deal with China could be in store. Well, I mean, isn't that what and, we wanted? And, it sort I, of negated the well, reason I, why we went down the other day. But he said so, they're not ready yet, though. So, so the, yeah. the point is that, first of all, if we didn't have those headlines yesterday, we'd actually have two days in a row where he actually rallied, which we haven't done all month, which is a number that everyone's now very well aware of, and it's only our sixth update for the month. Um, a great deal was then clarified to say it will be a great deal because, in fact, we need to go and do a deal, and any deal we, we do will be, therefore, great. Um, Brian talked about slowing growth around the world, certainly a GDP, which, you know, people tend to poo-poo as saying it's a lagging indicator, but that's maybe even worse in this case because Europe grew two-tenths of a percent or annualized at 1.7, which is down from 2 percent where they were uh, a quarter ago, so they seem to be slowing. But yet consumer confidence out today in the States, yeah. and this I'll feed this right into the retail sector, which soared like a bird today. Consumer confidence hasn't been this high since September of 2000. Now, where were we in September of 2000? We were right on the, urge, the eve of falling off a cliff in terms of uh, where the markets were, et cetera. But right now, the consumer has jobs. They have more wages. They're in a place where actually, despite the fact that the housing market is a little slower. What, you're looking Contrarian at indicator then? 
I well, mean, ultimately well, a contrarian to, for today. But you actually a brought up a great point. How much better you a great point today. That was before we saw the market sell off. So a lot of these numbers really don't put in to it what we've seen. So maybe the consumer, I agree with you, I, the consumer has never been in a better place than this, at least in the last couple of years. But I think this was a little bit backward looking. So how long is that good for? Uh, look, I, I think these, these consumer confidence numbers are over ebullient, Guy. Nice. Um, and I think word. you have a dynamic here where we have not good seen the data word. come and hit on our shores. I don't think we're going off a cliff. I want to make this really clear. But I don't think that markets have more growth ahead of them. I don't think we have higher earnings ahead of us in consecutive quarters. But I do think that this consumer in the fourth quarter is going to be rockets. And I think if you look at where the XRT was going into Black Friday last year, in a similar vein, we were selling off because we thought companies were going out of business. This year, we're selling off because we think the consumer is out of ammunition. I don't think they are. And higher rates, though. I mean, there, there is a, there is a big, big section right to that of, of higher rates. But I will tell you that we, the tailwinds to this possible rally could be a deal. So we saw that with the headlines with Trump. A deal. Midterm elections going slightly different than we had thought they were going to go. Different meaning what? Republicans capture Republicans both? Republicans ca capture both, House which is still, okay. if you look at the, uh, in the margin of error with the House, I think it's a foregone conclusion that the Republicans give up the House. But if you look at the races that are within the margin of error, it is not impossible for the Republicans to still keep the House as well. Rockets and birds in the first nice. five minutes of the show, which is tremendous. Soaring like birds. I mean, so just to play, right just, to, just to go the other way, because that's what we have to do. Otherwise, we're all in a Are you being honest again or no? I'm, I'm always on, we don't have to do anything, right. by the way. No, to we don't no, have we don't, to do anything. We have to die and pay taxes, as it turns out. Everything I'm else just is saying, I want you to do what things. you need to do. Fair, anyway, right? yeah. So I'll make this point. I hear what Steve is saying. And yeah, the jobs numbers are great, but... Consumer debt to GDP is now close to 55%, a level we haven't seen in probably the last 10 years or so. So although the consumers are very confident, in my opinion, and I might be wrong, all consumer confidence is, and I've said it before, is an overlay of the S&P 500. So as long as the market continues to grind higher, until recently that's what it's been doing, the consumer will feel good. If, in fact, the market sells off in a precipitous fashion, I think the consumer, which is things great things, will not be as optimistic as they have The been. other thing that I'll throw out when it comes to the consumer is we had this uh, little bit yesterday, which sort of got overlooked, that Capital One Financial and Discover fin Financial Services are tightening their lending standards to consumers. And these are the guys... They're not the affluent consumers, granted, but they're probably representative. Is that of hitting you in your house, Brian? Yeah, that's exactly. But if, so, you're, if you're worried I mean, about the the consumer in the future, they've done this in a pretty timely fashion in the past. Yeah, right. So if you're for looking for if you're looking for a tradable rally catalyst, you've got the consumer, you've got holiday spending, you've got the election with potential tax cuts, and then maybe even we talk about some kind of fiscal stimulus. Who knows if that comes back? So I'm not saying that we need it. I'm not saying we need it at all. I'm just saying talk like that will get you a tradable rally, and tradable rallies, even in a correction, can be pretty violent. You can make a lot of money off them, so beware of that. If you're short this market, you're a trader. I would not be pushing my shorts at these levels. So let's say, for instance, we have yes. Nordstrom up the past month. I think it's the best-performing consumer discretionary stock mm -hmm. out there mm -hmm. right now, up 9% Macy's so. up 10%. Walmart's up 8% over the past. What do you do with these stocks? Is this what Brian's talking about? You've got a tradable rally where you can make a lot of money. Well, I, I tell you, when we get into the consumer staples and the big box retailers, I, I'm not a big fan. I actually think that there's enormous competition there. I think margins are struggling. Uh, I think there are discretionary plays within consumer, and it is some of the brands. Um, I, I continue to think even some of the luxury will get a rebound after coming back down to earth. I would be a buyer of Tiffany's here. I'd be a buyer of LVMH. Um, I, I do think we're in a place here where we've had oversold conditions. Let's, let's be clear. 
the market has been death. And if it wasn't for, uh, you know, a handful of days that actually gave us some spring loads, we've actually seen the market sell off after these kinds of moves. So I think we need to be very careful. But um, we're all waiting for this repositioning to have fallen into place. And I think we're slowly getting there, but I don't think we're out of the woods. So I, I did last week I had said the home builders and I was talking about the autos. They had a nice relief pop. So it was uh, basically 15% in Ford, 10% in Lennar. The problem, though, is that they only work if Fang doesn't work. So if you start to see Fang perform, there's not going to be a buy the, buy the laggards anymore. So you already start to see the home builders after the Facebook print start so to retract. So you think automakers, home builders, I think people looking financials for that. lose some steam? Yeah, I, th- I think people are going to say, hey, you know what, if I can make, make it with the, with the horse that originally got me here on such a discount, I think that they'd rather do that than to buy a Ford that, let's be honest, we're all buying this for a trade if you buy it at these levels. I still think we're going to have a bull come on for, I think, a first-time appearance on CNBC's Fast Money. But I will say you fade today's rally. I still think the move is lower. Agreed. All right. Well, our next guest says this October sell-off is overdone. Let's bring in Phil Camporiali, J.P. Morgan Asset Management Strategist. Phil, welcome to the show. Welcome to Fast Money. Great to have you here. Um, why, why has it gotten extreme, too extreme to the downside? Well, at the end of the day, uh, there's one thing that we're keeping our eye on. Uh, we see a very low probability of two things. Two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth over the next three or four quarters, and we see a very low probability of inflation running out of control. If those two things are in place, you just got a 10% off sale in the stock market. But here's what's catching our attention this month. First, the lack of a V is because, guess what? You're getting paid a little bit more on cash right now. So cash isn't trash anymore. It's not zero. It's not the most, you know, greatest asset class. But I think cash as an alternative, it's not a high opportunity cost anymore to be out of the market. The second thing is, for a decade, we have gone long the equity market because we knew that if we were wrong about growth, we would get protected with, say, fixed income. Ten-year Treasury rates are five basis points higher this month. Right? So putting those two things in motion, we are not panicking in this trade. We are right-sizing our equity allocation. So our equity allocation has come down this month, but our highest confidence bet remains the U.S., not the rest of the world, not EM, not Europe. It's the U.S. in this environment. I mean, when you take a look at, at Fang names, for instance, I mean, mm-hmm. it's more than a 10% off sale. Yes. It's a 20% off at sale, right. 30% off sale. I mean, do you see those as being just as valuable as the rest of the market, or, yeah. or is there a value trade going So here's, on? here's what happened with tech. Folks consider tech a flight to quality asset class, right? Because it just went up all the time. It went up like crazy. So when folks were worried about, well, what is the equity market going to do? They said, let me hide in FANG stocks. And that is, tech is not a flight to quality sector. And what we've seen this, this earnings period is that that growth premium that you had to pay for all year, that hurdle got too high this quarter. doesn't mean these companies are trash. It just means that the hurdle got too high to pay up for that growth. And, and we think that could be a buying opportunity. So I'm looking around the globe and I see slowing growth everywhere. You said that yeah. U.S. is really where you want to mm-hmm. be. How can the U.S. outperform and how can we not be worried about U.S. the U.S. economy mm-hmm. if everything around, around us is slowing? So a couple of things I'll say there. First, we are not saying that uh, we're going to have 25 percent earnings growth again next year. So we're not saying that. We're also not saying we're going into recession. So if the rest of the world just kind of grows at trend, and the key, again, is inflation. The Fed has to be, over the next six months, 12 months, a little bit more dovish here. If you get to that point where they actually pause, that could be another boost for the U.S. equity market. And, what we, and, and ironically, that might be what you would need to invest elsewhere. Because if the dollar weakens, that's usually a nice tailwind for the emerging markets. 
So the biggest problem I have with what you said, first mm -hmm. of all, welcome to the show. It's great to have Thank you. you. The 10% off Aside sale. Aside from the problem of what I just said. Well, it's, it's <laughs> the way of, of softening the blow yeah. right now. No, no, I mean, my point is that if you don't have tech to take leadership, yeah. and it doesn't sound uh -huh. like you're ready to jump back into the 10 or the 20 mm -hmm. or the 30% off in big cap tech, what do you have? Who's going to lead us out of this? Is it going to be financials? Is it going to be, uh, you know, bombed out industrial names? Because that's proven for the last three yep. years to be a difficult road to hoe. So we're looking at large cap U.S. equities here. Okay, so financials, you can make a case for two things. You can make the case that every time the federal funds rate goes up, mm -hmm. all the cash that J.P. Morgan and every other company is sitting on, that cash becomes a little bit more profitable. Deregulation is also important here. If these financials start to put dividends back. We haven't seen that in a long time. That could be a push for financials. But when you've gotten this incredible sell-off, in, like we saw in October, this is the first year since 1950 that the market has dropped by 10% twice in the same calendar year. Right? Folks are scared. Folks are panicked. We think that there's value to be seen right now. Yeah, but Phil, so yeah. you, you had just, just to follow up on that, you had mm -hmm. said that you, the market needs to right size. Mm -hmm. You had said that even your, you, yeah. you are reducing, se equity. reducing yeah. inequities. Mm -hmm. So if the market now has cash mm -hmm. as a competition, yeah. right, and the market now knows that rates are moving higher, does that right size happen 100 handles from here or 300 handles from here? Because it sounds like even you are right sizing. It's happening Why now. wouldn't everyone? It's happening right now. It's happening now. So what we're, what we're saying here is U.S. equity market versus the rest of the world looks attractive. Cash looks a little bit more attractive, and you're not getting the protection that you normally got in defensive fixed income. That's why you take equities down. So you, your posture gets a little bit more defensive. But U.S. still makes up the lion's share of our view here. You just have to right-size it based on the fact that we haven't seen these dynamics since, since this whole bull market began. The first dynamic of cash and the second dynamic, it's only happened three times. The taper tantrum, February and October of this year, where you haven't gotten the protection from treasuries. That's caught our attention. What's also caught our attention, though, is that we see no risk of inflation running away, or very little risk. Never say a sign of Then that, ma that makes the mistake of a Fed even more possible. If you don't see inflation running away, then rates yep. can, can skyrocket. We can invert the yield curve. So and then you could wind up pulling yourself if you, into a risk that you didn't see. That's a tail risk. So that, that, that real kind of high raise in rates is a risk. Not the base case. Why? Because the, the, the Fed has gone eight times. They're likely to go nine times now in this tightening cycle. They've gone a lot, right? We're going to hopefully get to a point sometime next year where they're saying, you know what, things are about where we want them to be, and then look out below on the dollar, and that creates hopefully another nice run for equities. Phil, great to have you with us. Sure. Thanks for joining us. Phil Camporelli of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. P-Camp. P-Camp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody needs a name. Yeah. I mean, everybody's it's a great name. It's cool. It's definitely P shorter than Phil Camporelli. Well, but it's shorter. I think he's a great guess. I'm not nearly as optimistic as he is, and yeah. I understand what Steve is saying. I, I still think, I think there's tremendous risk to the downside, the wild card being if the Chinese deal gets done, which I don't see happening anytime soon. You a fan of Homeland, by the way? I've watched it, yeah. The, many I will tell you, the last, the last season one. was great, but he, Phil don't, is a good don't give it, Wait, don't, don't give anything away, because I didn't watch the last season. No, behind. Phil hey. is a dead ringer for Dante Allen on oh, Homeland. Right, am I right? We'll do yep. a split screen next time he's on. Next time he's on. All right. Just saying. All right, we'll be all over the after-hours action throughout the show. Facebook, by the way, just turned lower in the after-hours session. It is now down by one and a quarter percent. Electronic Arts, MGM, eBay, Amgen also on the move. As we monitor their conference calls, we'll bring you all the latest headlines. Plus, Apple launching a slew of new products today. But the stock sat out today's big rally. We'll tell you what it could mean ahead of its earnings report this week. And later, retails, we mentioned, ripping higher again today. Some of the most beaten-down names in the market show signs of life. But should you trust this bounce? 
We are live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got a news alert and some comments from J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon on the trade war with China. Let's get to Eamon Javers in D.C. Eamon. Yeah, Melissa, that's right. Uh, Jamie Dimon speaking at a conference uh, sponsored by J.P. Morgan out at UCLA addressing, uh, giving sort of his take here on the battle between the United States and China, whether or not it's a trade war and what its impact is likely to be. Here's what he had to say. A trade war is that people stop trading with each other and that they immediately change supply lines. Uh, and that will, that will rattle the global economy. There's no question about that. That is a lot of movement around the world. Uh, then you can have foreign part, trading partners make taking actions. And there, I think you basically can offset, uh, you know, you, you, it could cause a recession. Uh, Jimmy, you... But it's not a war, okay? A war is people, you know, pick up guns and people die. So Diamond there saying it's not as serious as a war, uh, obviously, uh, in which people are actually shooting at each other, but also laying out some of the serious economic consequences that can come uh, from a trade war. I think the nuance here that we need to find out a little bit more information on uh, is whether Diamond thinks that we are in a trade war right now or whether this is headed toward a trade war uh, and whether or not he thinks that the current situation is one that could cause a recession. So something to monitor there in terms of the comments from J.P. Morgan's Jamie Dimon, Melissa. All right, Eamon, thank you. Eamon Javers joining us okay. from the White House. I mean, in terms of tariffs, we could get uh, another round of tariffs on the Romanian ports from China. The tariffs that are already in place that are at 10% could move up to 25% on mm -hmm. the new year. So from here on out, I mean, unless there are developments at G20 in Argentina, so, it's a pretty slippery slope. The, the problem is this is not a trade war. And forget the terminology, because it's obviously not a war with guns. Um, but it's not a skirmish. And, in fact, this is a geopolitical standoff. This is, this is, this is not your father's trade war. This is absolutely uh, about geopolitical dominance of technology for the next century or beyond. And there's no reason why either side is going to let off quickly. Um, I, I think that's why you have to be a bit concerned here. And that's why uh, I don't think when we see headlines like we saw yesterday, that's why I think this market is reacting every time. I mean, yeah. the yuan hit the lowest level that it has in, what, 10 years now? Abs absolutely. Overnight. And the Chinese economy is slowing. I mean, it was slowing before this, right? So the problem here is the uncertainty. We don't know how long this is going to go on. Initially, everybody said, hey, it's going to be short. This is a negotiating tactic. We're going to come to agreement. We've come to agreement with, China, with, with Canada and with Mexico. We'll come to an agreement potentially with Europe. But then it comes down to China, and that adds the uncertainty. And how much is that going to slow the U.S. economy? Uh, you know, again, I, come, I keep coming back to it. We, we say when our president is ready to make a deal, there'll be a deal. I don't know if that works that way. I think it's more that when the Chinese are ready, they'll make a deal. And I don't see any reason for them to be really understanding that their market has gotten schmeizled. But I don't know if that plays into this calculus. But, but it, it is about intellectual property. So to Tim's point, this is there's tariffs around this whole bigger issue right. that it's impossible to really sort of mend it the way that Canada was mended or Mexico was mended. So it is going to be difficult. But I do believe they're going to get something done, even if it's baby steps. I mean, in the meantime, we're hearing, and we talk about this all the time, you know, commentary on the corporate conference calls about the impact, CapEx the negative impact on tariffs, holding back yeah. of CapEx, et cetera. Have the data changed? I mean, that's what the Fed always says, right? The Fed right. is data dependent. And we always have this debate. But I think as the markets grind and there's all this volatility, it's because of this. Has the data changed? 
Well, is that considered data in the eyes of the Fed that has changed? Uh, so potentially, here's what we ha here's what you have to understand. We talked about the consumer a little bit, but these tariffs, you know who pays it? We do. So the president talks about billions of dollars coming into this country. What happens is our companies have to pay a higher tariff to bring it in. They pass it on to consumers. So is that reflected in the data yet? Probably not. Maybe that's what the stock market's looking for. But I would say that that is something, as long as it continues, right, if we have this prolonged trade skirmish or whatever you want to call it, that will be reflected in the data. Things will be 25% higher. I think there's a, a deleterious effect long term here, which is that you actually see, look at, look at U.S. pork farmers. There will be pork bought from other parts of the world, and that business may not come back dollar for dollar. I'm not saying it's going to go away forever. U.S. steel companies on average, whether it's AK, whether it's Nucor, whether it's U.S. steel, with steel prices at all-time highs are down 49% on average across the board since these tariffs were announced. How are they doing? I mean, so you can't tell me that businesses aren't being impacted right now. It's interesting. Deleterious is an excellent it's high five. It's five. It's five. Boolean. I mean, we've really been. Are, are you okay? Are you, are you holding up? No, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm enjoying. I mean, I just, we just said big words all night long. It would be fantastic. It would be a great show. we got to go. It would actually be a good show, but. It would be an okay show. <laughs> yeah. be a you show. know, it's interesting. If the Fed does, let's just say the Fed takes a pause. What does that mean for the U.S. dollar? Maybe the dollar then gets smacked. Mm -hmm. Our buying power as consumer goes down. Maybe More that's inflation. not necessarily a good thing. I mean, there are well, a lot. The market of, does rip. Knee jerk, uh, knee jerk, knee jerk. Maybe knee jerk. The market rips. More inflation. More Fed. Still ahead. Check out where we stand with Facebook. The stock all over the map here. It is now down by Ooh. almost four percent. Um, this Ouch. happened as CEO Mark Zuckerberg made some comments on the conference call. We'll tell you exactly what he said that moved that stock lower. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, first in business worldwide. Much more Fast Money coming up next. Welcome back to Fast Money. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg speaking on the company's earnings call moments ago. Julia Borson's in Los Angeles to tell us what he said about the quarter that sent the stock lower. Julia. Well, Melissa, those shares moved lower as Zuckerberg made a number of warnings about business challenges facing the company and various transitions. He said that 2019 will be another year of significant investment to make the platform safe and also shift revenue to businesses both around private messaging and video. Um, he spoke to the challenge about transitioning Facebook users from reliance on the news and advertisers from reliance on the news feed to the stories format. He said that transitions start off slower than that they had hoped. He also warned about the challenge of making those user interactions with ads on stories as profitable. I want to be upfront that even assuming that we get to where we want to go from a feed only world to a feed plus stories world, it will take some time and our revenue growth may be slower during that period like it was while transitioning our products to mobile. Zuckerberg also warning about their investment in video and another transition there. Take a listen. Beyond the mission challenges of video displacing social interactions, there's also a business challenge, which is that video monetizes significantly less well per minute than people interacting in feeds. So this means that even though we've made video more community-oriented and minimized displacement of social interactions, as video grows, it will still displace some other services where we'd probably make more money. So you're hearing a lot of warnings there about transitions and business challenges. Now, he did speak about the value of WhatsApp as they build a business around it. He talked about the potential not only for users but for advertisers. And he said that WhatsApp is so popular because of its stronger record on privacy because its systems 
um, are set up so that messages cannot be seen or accessed by government or bad actors. Back to that, that term, bad actors. But he did say that the midterms will be a big test of the privacy and the protections on the platform that they've been investing so much in. Uh, Melissa, the call is still going on now. I'm sure we'll hear more questions and perhaps more detail from CFO David Weiner about what we can expect in terms of investment uh, dollars next year. Back All over right. to you. Julia, thank you. Uh, Facebook dropping to after-hour session lows, now down 4.5%. I hear what Julia said, and I hear if this is a company that's trading at 20 times next year's earnings, and we're going to have higher spending, we're going to have a slow transition as we move to stories, et cetera, in a feed-based model. Sounds like 2Q. Right, right. right. And, and revenue growth will be slower. And, and, their, and their MAUs, and is, they're saturated, right? So they've got everybody on the platform that they can ever get on. Now they can't charge them as much as they used to, or they can't get the ads that they used to. That type of thing, that is a recipe for a lower stock price. I mean, we talked about the fangs being the growth area. This does not sound like a growth stock anymore. Interesting. CBW has been all over Carter this. And Tim's been actually saying, actually, everything that they're saying in this quarter, it's themes that Tim is talking about as well. I thought it wouldn't hold 150. Here we are now. I think the overshoot, is, you're now in the middle of the overshoot to the downside. But I think at a certain point, everything you said is accurate. I think this company gets pretty interesting. Understanding valuation is a nebulous term on valuation. Well, there's a reason why it trades at, at, at 16 times next year. is because it doesn't deserve a high multiple. Does this management team deserve a high multiple is certainly a question I've been asking for six months, even before July. And, and again, when, when Mark Zuckerberg says, I want to be up front with you, what does that imply uh, in terms of by deduction? What has he not been up front with? Look, executive and C-suites that don't understand the complexity of data and privacy and communicate that well and, and understand the dynamics of business risk, I think are getting uh, banged around with a multiple Facebook's not going out of business. There's 2.6 billion users. I want to be really clear about this. But what multiple does this right. company what deserve do pay when this it? management team continues to not be able to tell you what their costs are, what their costs they of doing business know. are? They, this is they two quarters in a row. Don't know. Okay, and the costs have gone up. They told you second quarter. Guess what? They were right. They're going up. For more on Facebook, let's bring in Loop Ventures founder Gene Munster, who joins us now in the fast line. Gene, great to have you with us. Um, what's your take so far? It's not good. Uh, in part because we talk about the engagement going from DAU growth of 14% uh, three-quarters ago to 9%, but there's something bigger going on here, is that Facebook had its glory days of organic growth where it was viral usage. It didn't cost them a lot of money to build that. Now they're shifting into a phase, and this is the reason why the stock's trading down in the aftermarket. For the third consecutive quarter, they're talking about more investment than has been expected. That's an, a shift of a company when it becomes a growth company to a non-growth company. This is reminiscent of what happened to Yahoo as Google started to gain from search and Yahoo needed to aggressively invest. And so I think that uh, the company is essentially scrambling to stay ahead of its changing business. So um, you mentioned the third quarter in a row of, of spending more than it originally said, Gene. I mean, do you, we had this debate just before we went to you that, I mean, do you think that the company really has a, a handle on how much it needs to spend, whether it be to stay ahead of, of competition and or um, to stay ahead of regulators, keep them off their backs? The simple answer is no. And this is a different Facebook than a year or two ago when they would give expectations about more spending and then they would ultimately end up spending less than they said they would. We're seeing the opposite. And the reason is you're exactly right, is the business is shifting more quickly than what they had expected. For example, a couple quarters ago, it was about users and privacy and Cambridge Analytic and trying to get that under control. 
Now they're talking about the increase of video on the platform and that monetizing lower or the shift from public engagement through Facebook feed to private engagement through messaging and stories and how that is a near-term headwind and they need to invest in that. And so it seems that there's this difficulty of the user behavior around Facebook and Instagram is changing, that's causing more investment, which means that it's open-ended as far as how long this will take for them to sort it out. So, Gene, now when you when you didn't have an Amazon breathing down their neck as far as ad, ad spend going their way towards Amazon versus Facebook, is that another thing where now Facebook is not the only gorilla in the room? It, it is. And still, Facebook has incredible reach. We're talking about two and a half billion monthly users. And so that outpaces some of these other platforms. But Google is obviously a formal competitor. And uh, I think that this is more about a natural shift in terms of how people are communicating away from this decade period of public engagement to different forms. They mentioned on the call that in the U.S., iMessaging is the preferred private messaging platform. And they said it's unlikely that they're going to make meaningful gains on that because iMessage is embedded in, in ships on iPhones. And so it's those type of things, maybe a little bit, um, it's more about those than it's about competition that is really impacting the business. What's your grade for the quarter, Gene? You know, I started out at a, a C plus uh, before the earnings call, and I might have to drift that to a C minus given uh, this update in terms of how the video and the messaging is impacting also the increased spending. So we're at a C minus as it stands. And that may change, Melissa, throughout the quarter, throughout the call. Yep, we still got half an hour. So, Gene, thanks for phoning and appreciate it. Gene Munster with Loop Ventures. And we have seen a dramatic reversal in Facebook shares at one point just moments ago. The stock had been down by more than 6%. It is now um, hovering at the flat line. Let's get back to Julia Borson with more details from that earnings call. Julia. Um, yes, yeah, some interesting commentary here from CFO David Weiner. He said that in Q4, they expect the total revenue growth rate to decelerate by mid to high single digit percentage compared to Q3 total revenue growth rate. Revenue growth rate was 33% in the quarter. So that's when the stock dipped even more. But then it recovered. It looks like it's just recovering a bit when he gave some guidance around the expense outlook. He said they expect um, the full year total full year 2018 total expenses to grow in a 50 to 55 percent range that's versus the prior range of 50 to 60 percent so tightening that range and bringing it down to the lower end of the range also saying they anticipate the full year 2018 capital expenditures to be approximately 14 to 14 and a half billion dollars compared to the prior estimate of 15 billion dollars so that full capex um, range is coming down below the prior estimate so i think that's why we're seeing the stock move up just slightly though still um, still down a little bit less than 1%. So a lot of um, concern here, it seems, about those expenses. Uh, and the Q&A session is still ongoing. So we're just going to jump back on and see, see what else happens, Melissa. All right. And, and Julia, just quickly, I mean, in terms of that, that prior guidance of 50 to 60% growth in CapEx for a total of $15 billion, um, was that changed the last quarter, the second quarter also? I mean, I'm just wondering um, if we should actually believe these numbers as firm guidance. Well, I think what we're seeing here with Facebook is they're investing so much in the safety and security issue. We've seen their total employee base grow dramatically every quarter. And it, it seems like they're just trying to sort out how much this issue of the safety, security, the tens of thousands of people they've hired and are going to have to hire are going to really impact um, their bottom line. So 
um, they, they point to some issues in terms of revenue, because that's obviously an issue when they see the deceleration in revenue. And they say what, and this is really new for this quarter, is they expect more of the impression growth, that's the growth in where the ads are coming from, to come from product services and geographies that monetize at lower rate, lower rate. So they're going to be making more money overseas from their ads, and that's just not as profitable for them. So um, that's really yeah. a question, sort of how much of their growth is going to come internationally, and also as they grow stories, which is their new ad format that's, that they're going to really be relying on for growth, it's just less profitable, especially right now. So I think that's a big factor that's um, going to impact revenue. And then in terms of capital expenditures um, and, and expenses, overall expenses, I think a lot of that is going to be impacted by the cost of safety and security. Right. Julia, thanks. Julia Borson will check in with her um, as she has more news here. Do we believe the guidance? To believe, we believe the well, I mean, obviously they're going to give us guidance that they believe. So but do you think is, I, that it holds firm? I don't know. If, or do they is, think, do they have any real understanding an of what right. this is going to exactly. cost? Remember, this is not a community of sharing. This is about data, secu procuring, securing, whatever you want with data. It doesn't require a couple coders. It's major expenditure on CapEx and security. Major. But I think the good news, if you're looking yeah. for People aren't fleeing Facebook. I mean, yeah, daily active users were down slightly. Monthly average down slightly, right? Total users down, but it's not like people are fleeing. People were fleeing then and say, we have a problem here, Houston. But they're not. They're spending money, I think, to try to make the experience better, which in the end of the day is probably a good thing. They don't know how much they need to spend, which is a problem. Some point again, valuation is interesting. I, I maybe this is the overshoot. Here, the here's the problem. I don't think they're spending money to make the experience better. They're spending money to keep their finger in the dike because it's regulations. Nothing that they're spending on it's is going to risk. say, "Hey, I can get more money. I can get more money out of advertisers." This is like maintenance of, of a of a legacy type of business. So, I, I mean, for me, I don't think this it doesn't deserve the multiple that's been trading at. It's no longer a growth stock in my. I opinion. would love to hear, and I'm not sure if there's commentary on this yet. The impact of GDPR on users in Europe in the monetization in Europe because if the U.S. comes close to adopting anything close to a GDPR, which I don't think many people expect fully, but that could at least give us an indication as to how that might impact the U.S., the core business in the U.S. So I, I get what Guy's saying. This stock came from July at 217, and then it's made a series of lower highs since basically August. So I do think at some point, it's attractive right now. But if they don't know what their expenses are, they're going to be less profitable. How are we supposed to know that? So you could see a trade pretty volatile. I wouldn't be willing to step in just yet. I, I, I yeah. just think investors have, have, have a tool in their toolbox, which is understand how executives are dealing with the complexity of governance and data risks in their business. And that means the multiple you put on is what you're willing to pay for. It's cheap for a reason. It doesn't mean the company's going out of business. It, doesn't, mm -hmm. it means it also doesn't need to trade at 25 or 30 times. Right. All right, we will keep monitoring this Facebook call for you, but uh, still ahead, Electronic Arts sinking after its earnings report. The stock has gotten shellacked this month. It is down more than 20%. We'll bring you all the headlines from the quarter. Plus, retail stocks soaring today and a surprising winner over the last week. But should you trust the bounce? The traders will explain when Fast Money returns. Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got a news alert on comments made by the former Fed Chair Janet Yellen. Let's get to our own Elon Moy in D.C. Elon. Melissa Yellen was speaking with our colleague Steve Leisman at the Schwab Impact Conference. Earlier she had said that there was a danger that the economy could overheat, but now she's acknowledging also that there's a risk that the Fed could tighten too much and that that risk would increase around the year 2020. She also spoke about the deficit. She said that is a major problem and that the U.S. is on an unsustainable path 
for the national debt. She said if she had a magic wand, she would raise taxes and cut retirement spending. She spoke about the tariffs as well, saying she's particularly concerned about the impact on investment spending over the next year or two, but she sees only a temporary and small impact on inflation. She said she does not see inflation pressures building rapidly. Yellen also defended the Fed's independence in light of criticism from President Trump, saying that she would do exactly what Jay Powell is doing, which is to keep calm and carry on. Back over to you, Melissa. <laughs> All right, Elon, thank you. Elon Moy in D.C. 2020, hmm, that seems to coincide with where many people think a recession could enter the picture. Right, exactly. And so, the, I mean, and again, that is what the stock market is telling you. The confounding part of this, or the conundrum, if you will, is that the bond market hasn't really said that yet. The bond market is still predicting a lot of growth next year, and they're not necessarily predicting a recession. I know the yield curve's flat, but if you look at the 10-year, they're saying there's a disconnect there. So somebody's wrong, something's got to You think there's a disconnect on inflation with, with Yellen versus Powell as well? Or actually, there's not, because Powell said that, that inflation is not in any danger of running right. away right. of running away either. Are we really surprised that Janet Yellen is dovish? I mean, this is this is all she's doing is expressing dove, dove, dove. Um, the the Fed independence, God bless her. I think this is a very important point, and I, I would expect every major Fed official in our outside of, of the Fed should continue to echo this. But everything she just said sounded like a Fed that wants to be dovish. That's what she was. What do you good think? For, good for Janet doing a book tour. So the recession in 2020. Yards, talking to Leesman in D.C. I, I mean, look, I don't think she said anything groundbreaking. There. Obviously, the Fed should be independent. Good for her recession in 2020. I still think market sell-off causes a recession more than a recession causes a market sell-off. Guy, if you had a magic that. wand, what would you wave it and do? I, I would buy the New York Knicks. I would make wholesale changes, but that's me. That you asked the question. There you, you go. Yeah. Great that's a, that's you. the thing that you, you go for first. Well, if you had a magic wand, I didn't know he was going to ask me that. Cure hunger, world peace, and the trade war with China. Sounds like the that Knicks are that important. They are that important. He wow. said he's always honest. Deep. I guess, right there. I guess it's honest. Magic wand, guy down. <laughs> to a fault. Still ahead, eBay soaring after its earnings report. That stock up more than 5% after hours. Is this proof the recent retail rallies got legs? We'll explain much more facts right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got a quick earnings update here. Check out shares of eBay. The stock is rallying up almost 6% after its earnings beat, and it's not the only sign of consumer strength in the market we've been seeing. Bob Bassani is at the NYSE breaking it all down. Hey, Bob. Hello, Melissa. Is retail finally hitting a bottom after a month where retailers sold off along with the rest of the market? Most retailers are having a pretty good week. Take a look. Big names like Asina, Macy's, and Chico's, they're up 10% in the last couple of days. Most of the gains are coming today. Still, most of the retailers do not report earnings for several weeks now. The question for retailers is pretty simple. Are we near or at peak sales? Comp store sales have been great through the second quarter. They were up about 4.7% in the second quarter, expected to slow down a bit in Q3, now expected to be up about 3%. Still pretty good. But remember, remember what's been going on. The big trade this year in retail has been go long Amazon and short bricks and mortar retailers. There is a partial unwind of that trade going on since Amazon has reported. And as Amazon moves down, 
Many are likely covering their shorts in brick and mortar. That's why retail is rallying likely. Given peak sales concerns, it's little wonder the retailers have been down since their second quarter earnings generally. Despite the recent gains, luxury is a big worry. Tiffany, Ralph Lauren were down 10% since second quarter earnings roughly. Athletic brands like Nike and Under Armour and Lululemon also were down 8, 9, 10% since second quarter earnings. But the worst performers have been those who sell accessories or handbags like Michael Kors and Tapestry, formerly Coach. Speaking of Tapestry, they did beat on the top and bottom line. They raised the low end of their guidance range for the full year. That stock's down about 1%, but we've got a lot more to go in retailers. Back to you, Melissa. All right, Bob. Thanks, Bob Pisani at the NYSC. It sounds like Bob's saying you don't want to believe this bounce in the, re in the uh, bricks-and-mortar retailers. Uh, well, it has been a pretty good But we, When we go over to the smart board over there, the, uh, the plus PowerPoint. Yeah, and, and we do the thing. You work on a PowerPoint. Power pitch. PowerPoint, power pitch. <laughs> and if you recall back in the summer, I think it was August, I don't know, but we power pitched J.W. Nordstrom when it was trading 52. Mm -hmm. Now, that stock has been off to the races, and it's bounced sort of flatline at 60, next leg higher. But if you think about buying this stock into earnings, I think you have to have your head examined given the valuation it's now trading at. I think you probably own it into earnings on the 15th, but I think you got to start pulling the ripcord on it. Yeah, I mean, the problem you have here is this dynamic that the price signal doesn't necessarily mean that things are better. It just means hedge funds, long short hedge right. funds, are unwinding the position. So I would not read too much into this retail rally over the last couple but of days. You think. But things are better. I don't know for what you guys consumer, are talking about. For the, for the consumer, consumer. For the consumer, things are better for the business. Think of where we were 12 months ago for all these guys going into a holiday season. We thought they were broken. We thought Messi, a lot of people thought Macy's was going out of business. That, that's what we were hearing 12 months ago about Macy's. Macy's, to me, trades around eight and a half times. They pay a nice dividend. I think they've got the business model in order. And, you know, and, and eBay, you know, what happened with eBay is this, the expectations going into this print were terrible. At adjusted, roughly about eight times adjusted P.E., this is a very cheap stock. It, it, it doesn't deserve a high growth multiple. But I think eBay's interesting. Yeah, but here. Tim, most of these moves are happening in the last month. They've been up, but most of these moves are happening in the last month. So I agree that it's an unwind of this. And what do we hear about the holiday season from Amazon? Probably not as rosy. So I would lock in these profits and probably get out of these trades. Amazon's losing out to other retailers. Remember, people aren't going just to Amazon anymore. Other people are online. Coming up. Check out shares of uh, Electronic Arts sinking in the after-hour session. The stock down more than 20% this month alone. We'll get instant reaction from Wall Street analysts when Fast Money returns. Welcome back to Fast Money. Video game giant Electronic Arts sinking after hours. Seema Modi's got the latest from the earnings call from the newsroom. Hey, Seema. Hey, Melissa. On the conference call, management touted its, its success with FIFA despite a record opening weekend for Red Dead Redemption 2, which is made by rival Take-Two Interactive. Listen in. Despite the fact of Red Dead Redemption um, taking up a lot of attention in the marketplace, we had one of our strongest FIFA weekends we've seen, our ultimate team weekends we've seen in a long time. So uh, we're, uh, we're confident, and we're, but we're also careful in how we forecast. We want to make sure that we're uh, being straightforward with investors. Shares of EA are down about 5% in extended trade after Q3 guidance disappointed. Melissa? All right, Seema, thanks. Seema Modi in the newsroom. Guy Dami, what do you think? So Facebook, Facebook, Electronic Arts was $150 stock earlier this year. It's trading $90 now. This is where it took off from back in the spring. I understand what's going on. Competition Take-Two is up big today. However, I think this stock's pretty interesting here at 90 bucks. This is where it accelerated from back in the spring. I think this is where it holds over the next couple of weeks. It is interesting, uh, but the core franchises need to remain strong, and it's a crowded October on a lot of these releases. So, uh, you know, I have to say, I, I, you know, $30 ago or 30% ago, I thought the stock deserved the multiple, which was somewhere around 30 times. Um, 
that's the big question right now. They have a release, Battlefield 5. So I would be a buyer on this. This is Trail Take 2. This is Trail Activision Blizzard. But they stayed away from those other releases purposely in October to try to take a little bit of the air themselves come November. Fortnite, yeah, I mean, it's tough I, to compete. It, yeah. it is. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm a buyer at 80. I think at some point in time, you're going to get that bounce. But I think it's closer to 80. I think in this environment, unless you're executing, it's going to be very hard to get investors to come in and full force. Up next, final check on Facebook now at After Hours Highs. What a session it's been um, when Fast Money comes right back. See. Let's get a final check on Facebook. Uh, wow, uh, the stock is at after hour session highs, up 5%, following what has been a wild ride tonight. Remember, it had been down by as much as 6%. Gene Munster telling us that Zuckerberg sounded positive, more positive uh, about revenue growth during the Q&A versus uh, the scripted comments, uh, backing off of those prepared remarks. So that's where we're seeing this turnaround in the stock. Do we hold these levels? What do we look at tomorrow, Guy? I, well, I think so. And, and my, well, I don't want to give away my final trade, so I won't do it. But again, the fact that. I have no idea what I You know, the fact that they didn't lose users, they weren't hemorrhaging users, I think it's a pretty encouraging sign. So I, think, I do think it holds on to these gains. Tech had a very good day today for a change. Does this help tomorrow? Of course. I mean, and obviously, if tech can hold here, maybe we have a short-term bottom. I do believe we have to chop some wood, have to test February lows. But obviously, if large-cap tech does well, the market does well. Final trade time. Tim Seymour. Okay, so Victoria's Secret, which has been struggling for a long time, I actually think it's going to have a very strong fourth quarter. We just got numbers. Stay in this trade. It's bombed out. Beaks. Well, for BK, in this environment, you want to stay where the spending is. Raytheon defense spending coming. Grasso. I like Ford, but remember, if large cap tech does well, Ford's not going to do so well. Keep it on a short leash, Ford. Gee. It's unfortunate we didn't do final trades a half hour ago when FB was trading, you know, buck 44 or so. But right. you got to dance with the girl you brought yep. to the prom, right? I always and say it's a great... You want to sell it now, guy? And? No, Tim. We have all the Facebook. time in the world here. No, we don't have a lot of time. Facebook to you, Mel. See you back here tomorrow at 5 more fast. Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now.